0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: I'm not even sure those people know why we were there, because I have my table set up like my COVID shots, my gloves, my mask, um, my sharps container. This old lady comes up to me, she goes, is this the bingo table? (laughs) no ma'am this is not the bingo table would you like a covid shot she's like no sir i don't drink
2: this day and age things are so stressed out i can't tell you how many pharmacists have contacted us at the pharmacy podcast network and just they're just stressed i mean and there's just too much of it so i needed to do something that was fun and we've always had connections to dr murray shaw He's known as the Doctor of Comedy. He's just amazing. But I ran in through TikTok, the Dr. Um, Dr. Will Flannery, who's known as Dr. glaucoma of Flecken. I'm not even saying that right. And he did a cameo for us. I'm gonna post that in the show notes. Amazing. But his TikToks have me rolling and he he has picked on pharmacists a couple of times. We're going to put a show note, in the show notes. We'll put one in for the hospital pharmacist out there. But I want to introduce the pharmacy podcast officially. Dr. Will Flannery. How are you, Dr. Will?
0: I'm great. You actually did a great job. You got close. It's it's Flecken. Close. Glocken. If I if I had known what this name would turn out to be, I probably would have chosen an easier name to pronounce, to be honest but, Okay. I, I'm, stuck. I can't I'm say starting with bottom It's out. why I'm not the pharmacist. I'm just <laughs>
2: pharmacist number one fan. Dr. Marie Shaw, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's um it's it's good to be on here. Uh a lot
1: of podcasts I do, especially when it's like pharmacy or medically related, they're so serious. It's so nice to just <laughs> have a fun one with another uh another doctor. So
2: absolutely this. this is the prescription of comedy, um, as needed, and we do need it. So um <laughs> I'm. I, I want to start with you, Doctor Will. Uh, you told me a little bit before we started recording how you got into this, but you're an ophthalmologist. You're a writer. You're a stand-up comedian who moonlights. That free time as Doctor Glaucoma Flecken. Glaucoma Flecken, Doctor Glaucoma. That's okay. Just, you can just say Doctor
0: G. It's embarrassing <laughs> at this point. But um, how'd you get started in that? Well, you yeah, know, as I so yeah, as I told you earlier, I I, I started doing stand-up. You know, in, in like high school, and I, I continued that pretty much into med school. I always always wanted to go to med school, and so I I never thought of comedy as like something that you could do for a living. It just, first of all, it just seemed too hard, and I, I so I went the much easier route of becoming a doctor. And um and so uh but when I, once I got into med school, I, I I couldn't really do the stand-up thing anymore. It was just it was med school is just too time consuming. I couldn't do like the you know one a.m you know, open mic type of stuff. And so um I started using social media, got on Twitter uh to as a way to as like a stand-up surrogate, so to speak. You know, it's uh it, it's an easy way to kind of get your humor out there and uh build your network and your following. And so that's that's really how it got started. Um there's just a way to kind of scratch that comedy itch that I couldn't do anymore with stand up.
2: That's a little different than, than what you did, Maurice. Um, for people that don't know, if this is the first time you're hearing um, the doctor of comedy has been in standup for, for some time, what, 10 years now? Uh, yeah, it's probably been, uh, let's see, two thousand, yep, yeah, about 10 years now.
1: It was just on and off of uh, kind of like what Dr. G said, you know, when I did my residency, I kind of stopped because I was in Iowa and I went to one open mic and every comic made, Jokes about uh, corn, and I was like, "I'm not doing this." <laughs> so I was like, "I just, I just gave up for a year." But once I came back home, I kind of got back into it. But yeah, it has been about uh, on and off for about ten years.
0: Where were you in Iowa? I went to you know, my, I did my residency at University of Iowa. Oh yeah, that's what I did at University
1: of Iowa, the hospital yeah. and clinics. They had me at a high V was part of the time. High V's part big over there in Iowa, but oh yeah, yeah, there was only it was at the yacht club. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I almost was never going to do open mics, but, uh, my residency, um, not the director, but my preceptor, her husband owned the yacht club. So she's like, do the open mic, do the open uh, mic. And so I was like, okay, well, it must be fate to keep doing comedy, but I couldn't sit there listen, you know, listen to the <laughs> comics, keep telling jokes about corn and corn syrup. I'm like, this is god off. I'd rather just not do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: tell you, um, it, it's hard for me as someone who listens to goodness, probably three to ten sometimes podcasts in a day to to listen to boring you know content if it doesn't have some kind of interest. And it can be medically interesting, but listening to either of you, your YouTube's or um, Dr. G, your your TikTok is absolutely amazing. Where do you guys find the time with with your real jobs um, to actually? You know, be creative, and and I'm sure it helps to, you know, keep the sanity to be able to have a creative outlet. And I know that's important to me. But kind of uh, dive into that, Doctor G. How do you
0: how do you do this time management? Well, first of all, I'm an ophthalmologist, so that's I got I have plenty of free time. Like I, that's like one of the one of the great things about about going into ophthalmology is that uh, you you have a great work life balance, and so. I have time, and then 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 the only hurdle is let it making sure my wife and kids can put up with it. I don't. I have to strike the right balance of paying attention to my family and actually doing like you know, social media stuff. And so it's um uh, it's I have I work four days a week, which is great. So I have I have the time, and for me, comedy is um it's just it's my outlet. You know, so it's uh I. I just, I feel this urge to like, want to, you know, tell jokes to an audience and kind of put content out there. And if I, if I don't do it for a while, I start getting cranky. And so it's just, it's kind of like this, just this thing. I just, I keep, I always, I've always come back to, you know, in my life. And, uh, and I, um, now I've, I've found a way to be able to do it consistently, which is, which is great that social media um, kind of, you know, helps you accomplish that. They say Doctor G is is behind in this patient, but you're really
1: in there doing TikToks in between.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anybody. That's yeah. I, I I maybe have recorded a few in the middle of a a, a clinic day. <laughs> I um I'm seeing a
2: future roast that you should be able to put together, and we'll fundraise for you know for Children's Hospital or something. But there's a there's probably enough content out there to make fun of each other and, and nurses and pick on doctors and whatever else that you have going. But the medical community needs this stuff. Like I was saying before we got started, we, we really need some fun outlets to just decompress and, and you know get away from the sickness and the pandemic and, and what's happening. And I think the both of you are so important to, to that life cycle of, of being medical and medical professionals and, and providers.
0: There's, there's so much material in medicine. It's just, it's just, I mean, there, there's a lot to what we do. First of all, our jobs are very serious. We're, we're taking care of very serious things and doing very serious things, but there's also a lot of just absurdity to our job. It's just such a unique thing that we're doing. And so uh, it's, it's uh, you got to find the humor in it. Like, I don't, I don't know how you don't. And um and and just like with with Match Day today uh, or not it was actually yesterday Match Day was yesterday where all the uh, med students find out which you know what specialty they're going into and and whether or not they matched. But the thing is, you don't you find out you matched, but you don't find out where you matched for like an entire week. And it's just, you know, like what, who designed this system? And there's there's just a thousand examples like that that you could you could you know make. Jokes about, and it's just, uh, you know, how do you not? Know I don't know. I remember my, my
1: match today. I was, uh, I was at UIC in Chicago, and all the other pharmacists there. I, I had a rotation, it was four other pharmacy students, and we all matched, it was all of us. And I was quiet because after my rotation that Friday, I had a, a big show. So I'm like practicing my jokes in my head and everybody's like, "Oh my god, he didn't match. He's so quiet." <laughs> <And> you <they're> know, like <laughs> they're like, "Did you match? We're so sorry." I was like, "Yeah, I matched at University of Iowa." They're like, "You're not excited." I was like, "I'm practicing for a show. I don't care about this right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on the bigger and better things, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were all laughing, but it's it's, it's kind of crazy because like stand up is is weird because you know when when I do stand up, everybody in the audience isn't like in the healthcare field. So it's kind of hard because you have to like tailor a joke or use a topic that maybe they can understand because your time is limited. The reason why I love YouTube and TikTok is because, you know, most people who follow you are in the in the healthcare field. So you don't to do all that time trying to explain it or limit yourself, limit your content because you know that they get it already.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really great. It's actually been interesting transitioning over from Twitter, which I was on for like four years before I got into TikTok and TikTok came along. But once I started on TikTok, I got a lot more confused responses to my videos. Because on, on Twitter, I was like a known quantity. I was like, okay, I know this guy's a doctor. He's in the medical field. He does all this medical humor. TikTok's a little bit different with how like the algorithm works. Like you get a lot, you can get a lot more views of people that are totally unrelated to what you do in life and so uh as is i i feel like i'm very consistently getting people who have no idea what's going on and uh and and the fact that they sometimes they still laugh at my jokes despite not being in medicine tells me that I'm, i'm actually doing a really good job and actually like you know this is actually pretty good comedy because i can get people outside of medicine to laugh at this joke about you know neurosurgeons (laughs) neurosurgeons <laughs> it's like like, how do you even you know relay that to a non-medical person but it's uh it is fun to be able to just have an audience of people like-minded people who are uh in the same field as you
1: i think the comments are hilarious when they're from people who especially like more so for me on youtube but sometimes on TikTok, when they're not like pharmacy related people and like you know, on YouTube, I I use a green screen, so it looks like I'm in a pharmacy, but I'm not. But somebody who's not an actual uh, somebody who commented who wasn't an actual pharmacist or pharmacy technician, like who let this dim within the pharmacy and do this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Isn't everybody's like, it's not a real pharmacy. <laughs> he was like, oh, this is why I hate pharmacists because they run around and do this. <laughs> and they're like, that's not a real pharmacy, sir. I no, can't imagine.
0: You get a lot of, I mean, I'm sure you on YouTube, you probably get a lot of kind of angry comments from time to time. Um, and a lot, a lot of random, uh, I get a lot
1: of, I get a lot of random um, comments from customers. who I guess who had bad experience at pharmacies. Yeah. I get a lot of uh, buyer cheap promethazine here, click this link. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of, uh, um, most of it is just support and a lot of people, you know, yeah especially I get a lot of support from people who are um, actually in pharmacy school, just cause it's so tough. Like, you know, medical school is probably even tougher than pharmacy school. Just, just that little 15 minute break where you need a break to just laugh and you go watch a video and it gets you through and you get back to study. And a lot of people say, yeah, man, you really helped me through pharmacy school. Cause when you needed breaks um, to get that little bit of laughter, just for 15 minutes, let the brain relax and get back
0: to work really helps. So. You're telling me you can get a good price on promethazine? That's that's what I heard. Yeah, go go, go check out some of my links. It's always the first comment. <laughs> it's
1: always like need cheap promethazine. I did a I did a uh, I think I did a skit too where it was like Little Wayne is buying promethazine at the pharmacy and <laughs> what it's like, and so many different links to these pharmacies in India and other countries about get cheap promethazine. So I'm like. Oh my gosh. But you know, if you look at YouTube, they give you analytics. And I think my videos have been viewed in like 23 different countries. So it's like,
0: okay. <laughs> the prolethecine makers, they find an opportunity, they jump on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you um what do you
2: do for yourselves and in in the span of time that you have? Do you actually both of you are you sitting down and writing material out and really thinking it through? Or does it come more naturally since both of you have been doing it for so long? And Dr. Shaw, I'm always wondering when I watch your stand-up, especially you know the uh, uh, one that was out. I think it was in April of 2020. You had done something. Maybe it wasn't, but it we might have been dated that way in YouTube. I wondered, like, geez. I mean, you're you're just so smooth. Transitions, everything, the jokes that you're doing. Like, what do you what are you doing to come up with that, or is that just freestyle? Uh- no, that's definitely when you're at the laugh factor in front of 400
1: people, that's not, that's not freestyle. I think, you know, so many times when I, when I do up comedy and there's like healthcare professionals, they go, Oh my God, why are you a pharmacist? You should do comedy. But then when other comics figure out I'm a pharmacist, they're like, why the hell are you doing this? You should just be a pharmacist because people don't realize just to get like, I think even Seinfeld said to get like 10 minutes of solid material takes a year. So you're like literally going to these dive bars just waiting there for hours for your turn to just practice like a minute or two of your material and you just got to keep doing it over and over. So when people say like it took you, you know, you've been doing comedy for 10 years, it takes a long time to perfect it because just switching one word or rewording a sentence can make a huge difference if a joke hits or not. And it's just um, I've kind of learned in my career, too, that it's important to be funny, but. People just love it when you're interesting, so I kind of focus less on just trying to be funny all the time, and more so on being interesting. As long as you have their attention, it it really helps. That's why my transitions are a lot smoother because I'm not so focused on always just giving these huge laughs. I'm just more focused on trying to just
0: be interesting and engaging with the audience. Yeah, honestly, what what you do is a lot harder than what I'm doing <laughs> because it's uh um you know those those uh you know, comedy club audiences, again, they're just they come from all over the place, right? It's not a lot of times it's not just medical audiences. And so uh it's it's um you have to appeal to a much wider range of interests and people. Um my you know my process, I guess you could say, I don't I don't really sit down and just, you know, whenever I whenever I would do a lot more stand-up, it was more like, okay, you know, let me Think this out, sit down, and really like process this joke and you know different angles I could take. Uh, what I do now is really just it, if I have a, a thought, like a an a observation about a particular a particular specialty, or I read something, somebody like another tweet or something that's usually it's like someone complaining about rheumatology or whatever, like something about their job. That's, that's, that's frustrating them. Sometimes I'll take that and like, Oh, that's, that's kind of, you know, I can make a joke about that and then I'll just expand it into like a one minute or or whatever. And, um, and so for me, it really, it's more the last couple of years. It's, it's, it's happened more organically just like in the course of my day, I'll, it'll kind of, something will come to me and then I'll just think it through and, you know, over the course of a few days, and then I'll, I'll put some together. I don't think people realize
1: like how complex TikTok can get. I think, you know, like even like TikTok, when you upload something, depending on, you know, what it is. Like I had to watch a, quite a few YouTube videos on how to edit a TikTok video. I never thought it would be that, that complex.
0: See, I feel, I feel like the opposite. Like YouTube seems really uh, uh, um, daunting. To, to get into because I, I think TikTok makes editing really simple once you like figure it out you know there's a learning curve to it so that's probably that's what you're talking about yeah <laughs> but I don't know like it, you know the, they, I, the thought of after after editing and putting together one minute videos like the thought of doing like a 20 minute YouTube video sounds <laughs> possible <laughs> yeah well
1: yeah well, yeah you know that's funny people like you should do a video about this and then the next day they'll say like, have you did that video yet? But people don't understand, like to record, to edit, to fix the sound, to reshoot, like how long that takes. And, um, like the YouTube videos, once you upload them, it's nice. Cause I just click a buttons, but the process to learn how to edit before that, and the lights and shadowing. And, you know, when you try to watch these how to videos, people don't get to the point. They want to give you like a 10, 15 minute background of their life. And you're like, I just want to learn how to edit you get to the point so sometimes that makes it hard but yeah tiktok is nice once you get used to it it's pretty yeah. easy but in the beginning i'm like how are people changing the background how are they doing these transitions like some of those are pretty intense when you look at them i'm trying to think- bring up
2: your latest tiktok um dr <laughs> g um and i tell you what 300 330,000
0: followers i mean you are wow really doing well it's um yeah, it's it's I I, I got to give a lot of credit actually to the algorithm on TikTok because they they the way it works it's actually I find it much easier to to gain a following on TikTok as opposed to other social media platforms especially Twitter uh, just the way that they will they'll they'll push videos out to kind of the widely to the public and you can consume so much so quickly on TikTok and so I, I feel like it really lends itself to being able to build an audience which is nice yeah do you, do you use a lot of hashtags on tiktok I, I i don't use any hashtags i i've never been a hashtag guy i don't know I, I i probably maybe i could do better if i did use hashtags but i don't know it takes up space in the screen yeah <laughs> i don't like it i just like I leave it clean i just want to I just want people to see the the video. Not I worry just get about
1: interested, like when you type in the hashtag, it'll tell you like how many people search it or whatever. And it's like when you do hashtag pharmacy technician, it is like the amount of <laughs> million people that either the videos of people to search it. It's it's like insane. I'm like, whoa, a lot of yeah. pharmacy technicians.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Three hundred thousand active pharmacists, and I think there's one point two million active pharmacy technicians or more on the latest
0: count, and it's just. Just a, it's a world within a, a world. Yeah.
2: I was surprised,
0: honestly, that, that TikTok I did on the hospital pharmacist, I, I didn't honestly didn't know how that was going to go just because I don't think of like pharmacy as like a big part of my following. But I, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Like how, how many people, you know, how much feedback I got from the pharmacy community. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. You got um 1.9
2: million um, hits. And I think it was like 1,300 comments and 268,000 likes. And it was just like, it just blew up. I've, I watched it myself probably nine times because I laughed every time I watched it because it was really well done. But yeah, that that's one of the, one of your popular, the most popular ones, I think 1. 1.9 million. Um, well, actually the, then the very next week yeah. you did another one that was 1.9 million. So you're
0: you're hitting them out of the park that's crazy yeah and guess how much money i make from all that <laughs> forty dollars <laughs> a big goose egg
1: <laughs> you know it's kind of funny here's a funny tiktok story so i was on um i forgot i was on instagram and it was like these pharmacy pages i follow and one of these pages uploaded uh a tiktok from a guy and i'm watching the video and i'm like that's my youtube video <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I changed the drive-through menu to say like a number one was a oxycodone with Adderall, a number two <laughs> was promethazine. You know, so it's like how pharmacy customers think the drive-through's supposed to be. And I'm like, that is my video, and I clicked it and it had like 10,000 views. And I was like, this guy took my YouTube video, oh, no. put it on this page. He did give me credit way at the bottom, but I was just like, man, that's my video. So that's when I got the idea to kind of take my YouTube videos and just. Quickly upload them to TikTok, which has helped, but I was like, "Man, that's that's my video." Forgot what his name was, Doctor Something, but you know,
0: yeah, there's a lot of that <laughs> in social media, and like that's that's what I've learned. So, like, uh, if I feel like a TikTok's gonna do really well, like I'll I'll really pretty right away, you know, put it up on Twitter because it's gonna end up there anyway. And, yeah, uh, either I'll do it or someone else will do it. Yeah, that
2: sucks. Well, I think you both need your own fans only. Just to see if people would <laughs> sign up for it, just just for whatever, just see what happens. Yeah, just we be- can create
1: something. I think that a lot of professionals would, but there's like people just assume those, you know, only fans and fans only that it's porn. We right. gotta come up with like a professional. <laughs> That's right. Professionals only. I think that we 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 could uh, have a big uh, yeah. right there or something. But you if know, you could just
0: watch me do uh, slit lamp exams. Ew. That's I just set up the the screen there. Yeah. Watch me do some eye testing. Ew. Yeah. Right. How's that sound? No. <laughs> we'll we'll record you putting
1: eye drops in the patient's eye with your shirt off or something. <laughs> <laughs> Boom.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would uh, that would go over well with my partners. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. What part <laughs> of the country are you in? Um, Dr. Will? I'm uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And Maurice, you're out of Chicago still, right? Yes. Um, you gotta tell Dr. G the story of the conflict of the big organization that had a problem out of the blue of you doing comedy after years of doing comedy.
1: Yeah, basically uh no longer have a job uh because of my comedy, so to speak. So Um, because of some other things, I can't fully talk about it. But basically, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, let go from my comedy. So,
0: you you were let
1: really like recently? Uh, it's probably been about a year now. It's weird because I was let go, then I couldn't find a job, then I got a job at a hospital, then I got furloughed because of COVID, then I got a job with CBS, and then because of the video I did with Doctor Z Dog which got like 600,000 views and I had all these job offers of people to to hire me. And I'm like trying to figure out which job is best for me. And, and even now with the job, I have some of the stuff that we talked about in the video about the health initiatives I was doing with the um, black barbershops. I'm actually with Illinois Medicaid just had a meeting last week with the same doctor I was working with. So now what I was doing for free, I'm getting paid to do awesome. Um, <laughs> my nice. So it's kind of like, I guess life just happens how it's supposed to, but it's been about a little over a year now.
0: Wow. Uh, so you're, so you're working as a pharmacist, but. Yeah, yeah but I work now. I, I, <clears throat> I work
1: for a UIC as a clinical pharmacist, but we're contracted to manage uh, Illinois Medicaid patients. So oh, managing okay. the policies in terms of prior authorizations and, and refill too soon. And I'm anything related to Medicaid patients from a pharmacy benefit standpoint. It's kind of what I deal with. Nice.
2: I'd like to see Dr. G get on, um, a Z dog MD, um, episode and just talk through. He would, I think he would love it anyway. Um, I think he's, I think he's funny. He's definitely has a little bit of a comedy background, obviously, in the way he rolls things. And do you ever watch his stuff? Um, Dr. G. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, we go back a little ways uh, to our, our Gomer blog days. So uh, he used to post on Gomer blog, which is like a medical satire blog. I like the onion for medical professionals and cool. that's, that's how I started. I did a lot of um, writing for that website. The, 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 the way he has like
1: Facebook and YouTube and his Facebook and his uh, website the way he has it like monetized and managed and it's oh, like yeah. when he he's was explaining an it. W- yeah. When he was explaining it to me and there's like people who work behind the scenes for him, I was like, this guy is like his own like little production team. It's like, man, I got to like really step it up. But it was just kind of interesting. Like you don't realize like how much detail goes. in even before it just kind of looks like he's in front of the camera, but it's right. like, check this, check that, check this. I got this person in the emails and you know, Kind of impressive, yeah. actually and and
0: I think he I don't know if he does clinical work anymore I think he's he's all you know just his kind of z dog company yeah right. I think that's
1: he it. he probably makes enough off of just the Facebook alone that he probably doesn't
0: right, right, and yeah. so yeah you mean know, that's that's the thing it's I feel like if you want to have that be your sole source of income if you're trying to do something like you know create content as a medical professional it's i mean it's a really you know, make enough money to do it, you, know, you, you almost have to do it full time. It's just like, mm-hmm. you can't divide your time. It's It can easily take over your life.
1: Yeah, it, it I get amazed when I see comics. I'll see a, a lot of comics I'm friends with. They'll perform at Laugh Factory in LA or Chicago, New York. And like these companies will take their video clips and put it on YouTube. And I was just like, you know, this <laughs> this comedy club just got... 400,000 views off of your video clip and it's pr- probably getting paid for it and you know yeah. comics or whoever could just upload it themselves that's why a lot of times I just do my own and don't really let them record it because then they get money off of my clip so it's just I just think it's kind of amazing how how many people don't monetize mm-hmm. their content and how he's been able to you know really monetize his is really impressive
2: yeah so definitely. uh invitation to both of you we do have several partners who concentrate on different facets of pharmacy and they are doing these webinars and if I have to go to one more webinar you know which I do I go to the majority of them but if you were to be an opening presentation to such a event and you could be paid for it I'm telling you I could build those inroads, and I think I will. I think I'll definitely do one for you, Maurice, because it makes f- sense with the with the world of uh, of pharmacy. But Doctor G, if we're talking <laughs> about compounding pharmacists like you were, there's no reason that we don't have PCMA or not PCMA. That's the that's the lobbying group for the PBMs. No, <laughs> just want to give us money.
0: I'll take it. But
2: it's P, it's PCAA or P. What's the compounding group? Maurice do you remember who they are
1: um no because we don't do too much compounding every day
2: okay. but regardless I'll be back with you Dr. G I'll if I can <laughs> land something we'll have to get you paid to do an intro for for like a for a webinar because why not have fun at the beginning of sure. work
0: yeah absolutely It's like you know part of the part of the, the the benefit of doing this kind of medical comedy that I've been doing is that I, I've uh you yeah, I'm able to touch on lots of different areas and specialties. And so if I have, if I had to try to stay within ophthalmology, God, it would be boring. <laughs> that's just, that's just such a small area, small field is so narrow. And so, you know, it's nice to be able to go and give a talk, you know, for, or record a talk now with the pandemic uh, for, you know, emergency medicine or critical care. And so I just, you know, I do stuff all over the area, all over medicine. Do you get love from your family though?
2: Because I always, you know, pharmacy, for example, I didn't have anybody listening to this damn podcast um, until I started in 2009. Nobody really listened until 2012. And then finally I started getting listens, but I get, I initially not, not anymore. I initially got rejected by a lot of our pharmacy associations as I moved forward. And I started getting accepted by outside of pharmacy. There were physician groups that I was starting to work with. And, and now of course it's, it's working as it should, but do you ever get rejected by your own ophthalmologists?
0: It's actually, it's interesting actually that you bring that up because by far, like the speaking engagements and, and things that I do, um, is outside of ophthalmology. And so I, I actually, I, I speak at more non-ophthalmology conferences than I do Ophthalmology conferences. And I think part of that is just because, well, I mean, in medicine in particular, when you, and one thing I learned early on is if you're going to go and speak at a conference, uh, the, the people that go to those, that conference, they're there, to, number one, to learn. And so understanding where the audience is, like mentally, like where they're coming from, what their expectations are. Like I've done the thing where I go to a conference and just do 10 minutes of stand up comedy. And I I get like some confused reactions, I feel like, because there are certainly people in the audience are like, wait, what's what's going on right now? Why? Like I'm supposed to be learning here. This is not I'm, I'm not being educated right now. And so I, I, you know, pretty quickly switched into this, you know, doing kind of an educational slash comedy. So, you know, teaching people a little bit about ophthalmology, but making it where they don't want to tear their hair out because and you know, making it interesting and funny. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what I feel like is necessary when you do comedy at at conferences like that. There's a
2: there's another opportunity. You and Dr. Shaw can do collaborative continuing education, CE, and it'll be comedy educations. And uh, you sign up for thirty dollars a month and you get your CE and you laugh. So there you go. <laughs> well, I, have, I have to say that the, the comedy is much more fun than the education part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm I'm watching this strictly for the comedy because i lots of things that you both say have gone over my head where i'm like i think that was funny but i'm not quite sure what the punchline was exactly but i'm kind of picking it up
1: so i, I remember when I was at the laugh factory i was getting ready to do a bit about you know giving these covid vaccines at these long term care facilities and uh, so i was just you know Kind of educating the crowd about COVID vaccines and what's rolling on. They're kind of just staring there, and looking at me. And I was like, you, I was like, you guys are looking at me like we paid you to make us laugh, not learn, mother. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody started laughing. I was like, it's okay, man. we can laugh and learn too. Damn, but it's kind of funny. It broke the silence, and everybody was just kind of laughing, you know. So yeah, I get it. People want to laugh and not learn. <laughs>
2: Yeah. My first attempt, Dr. G at Comedy on our network was called the RX Rated Podcast. And um, about 9 episodes in, I got an email from one of my sponsors that said, "Hey, we are not we're not going to be part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network anymore because of this RX Rated Podcast." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And and then I'm like, "Hey, listen, I called Dr. Shaw and I'm like, "You want a podcast?" And he's like, all right. And I'm like, here, it's yours. Take it. <laughs> I, I gave it to him because I'm like, I want it to stay alive, but I got to kick it off my network. So it's just part of, I guess, growth. And But I want to bring something back. I got to bring something back that's just fun to listen to. These people that are jogging right now, they're in their car, they're chopping vegetables, they're doing something that all they can do is listen. And why we can't have fun and you know be a community, I, I don't think there's any excuse for it.
1: I I had posted on my fan page. I was like, it's so exhausting to have to be professional all the time. You know, it's like at work, you have to be professional, even though the customers aren't necessarily professional. You have to be professional at work, even though corporate is not always professional about the way they do things. I'm just like, oh, it's just so exhausting. You just want to be like, shut the (laughs) up. But you can't (laughs) because it's like you just have to always be professional. So many people like it.
0: Yeah, you know, professionalism is like a—it's actually a, something I I talk about, you know, sometimes when when I give presentations, and it's um, it it's like it's been weaponized. I feel like, uh, you yeah. know, in in a lot of uh, respects with with uh, medical professionals, and in particular in my community and among physicians, it's it's really annoying. It's frustrating because uh, you know, it, there's a lot of people out there trying to to to, you know continue to portray physicians as these like perfect, you know, beings that don't make mistakes or don't have personalities. And it's, it's like, I feel like sometimes I'm constantly fighting against that, that, that notion. And it's uh it's annoying because like, that's not the case like by any stretch, like, you know, we screw up. We, uh you know, we, we laugh, we make jokes. It's just like, we're just like any other person. Like why are we being held to this impossible standard of professionalism? It's, it's it's frustrating yes especially when you're trying to do comedy in, in that that kind of environment absolutely well i want both of you to um
2: give our listeners um a way of accessing your comedy so i'm going to start with
0: dr g first yeah so you can find me on twitter uh d uh just you know start writing typing glockenflecken the best of to your ability and you'll probably <laughs> end up finding it uh, and then uh, same thing on Twitter at at Dr. Um and then um, you can find on Twitter you can find uh, links to all my other all my other stuff. I have a website
2: drgcomedy.com. I'll put the links in the show notes too. And Dr. Shaw, you make me mad because I can't remember the multiple names that you've used over the years. <laughs> One of them's like. R- it, it, it didn't work <laughs> and the other one is doctor of comedy and i'm like damn it this guy's gotta <laughs> pick one yeah
1: it was <clears throat> i ended up just going with the doctor of comedy but you guys can follow me on youtube and facebook both of them are rx comedy um just search them on facebook and youtube and uh, you can go, i have a fam. i have a website too just maurice shaw.com you could go there but it will just direct you back into my uh youtube so
2: did you accidentally almost say OnlyFans? <laughs> I do that thinking, one, don't you?
1: Uh, I, I should. I've been, I've been thinking a way to to do different uh, <clears throat> to do different content. So I thought about it, but it's too much associated with porn. So I was like, maybe I need to come up with a professional <laughs> OnlyFans. Professionals
2: only. Yeah, Rx there only you go. Fans. RX yeah. only fans.
1: That's right. Yeah, we'll Pharmacy
2: that. Friday only. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate both of you. This was uh, this was fun. I think our listeners obviously are gonna are gonna appreciate it. Um, if there's ever anything I can do for either of you, uh, especially Doctor Shaw, because you're my favorite um, pharmacist or my favorite. I mean, I like ophthalmologists too. I just can't. I don't get you, Doctor G. Okay. So it's harder to to bond with you. Not I'll right. try. And I haven't been to the eye doctor in
0: four or five years, so well you're a little nearsighted i can tell so you should i was about to say
2: you have glasses i figured he would have been your favorite
0: (laughs) (laughs) nope it's
2: the pharmacist (laughs) with that we're out thank you so much for listening to the pharmacy podcast please look in the show notes and make contact with dr shaw and dr flannery and we thank you guys for being here